Wow, thank you. What a lovely, warm welcome that was. Just so uh, very, very blessed to be here with you here at Selwyn. And uh, thank you for that worship time, worship team. That was, that was just wonderful, wasn't it? And I, I'm loving this season of Engage. How about you? Isn't it? It's so good having new and fresh encounters with the Holy Spirit. So it's really a great joy and a privilege for me uh, to share with you this morning as part of our Engage series. And I want to talk about staying engaged with God and with his mission. Is that all right? So I'd like to just start with a little bit of a mission update because I want to bring some good news this morning. We don't hear very much good news, do we? There's a lot of bad news out there. And last week we heard about traffic lights. Do you remember that? The traffic lights. I think I've got a... Yes, there they are. Well, what color is the light for for God? It's always green. It's not red. We might think that uh, because our numbers are limited and we can't, not so many people can come, we think, oh, maybe everything's just closing down. Maybe the light is orange or red. No, for God, the light is green. He is moving mightily and powerfully across this planet. And And in fact, the movement of God's Holy Spirit is accelerating throughout the planet in some very unexpected places. And one of the greatest stories in the world is Iran. So next, thank you, Iran, yes. Now, Iran is, uh, in fact, what they say is it is the fastest growing church in the world. But the story was not always like that. We know that it is a Muslim nation, and in fact, the church was absolutely tiny. And people were very concerned because it looked as if this tiny church in the midst of so much persecution and oppression and hostility was going to be wiped out. But you know, for God, the light is green and his Holy Spirit began to work. And those people were not intimidated. Those, that tiny church was not intimidated. They were out there telling the story of Jesus and Man, today they say 1.2 million believers and so many wonderful stories. Just I wish I had time to tell you all the stories that I've heard. Mr. Kamran. Mr. Kamran was a Muslim. He was a violent man. He sold drugs and he sold weapons. And yet one day a believer came up to him and didn't say anything but gave him a New Testament and said, you should read this book, Mr. Kamran. And he, and he read the New Testament. He read it right through for five consecutive days. And on day five, he gave his life to Jesus Christ. And God came and just totally transformed his life. And right now, there's a church that's meeting in his home. Praise God. And um, speaking of churches, next, thank you. Let's look and see what God is doing in China. Wow, China. In China, there are 10 million house churches. 10 million. I can't get my head around. 10 million churches. That's amazing, isn't it? 160 to 200 million believers in these churches. We don't hear these stories, do we? But God is doing amazing things around the world. And I hope that it encourages us. In, in India, you know, in India, the next one, thank you. In India, uh, they are the most 
unreached people groups in the whole world. That's the country with the most unreached people groups. But the Indian believers, they are on fire. They are out there sharing about Jesus. And there are right now 80 million believers in house churches in India, and it's multiplying really, really quickly. How about Afghanistan? We hear a lot about Afghanistan in the news, and it's in quite a desperate uh, situation. Please pray for Afghanistan. Now, God, our mighty God, who is on mission all the time, knew, of course, what was going to happen in Afghanistan. And he began to move there by his Holy Spirit, and there were hundreds and thousands of new believers and churches in Afghanistan. Please, please uh, pray for them. Pray that they're going to continue to have freedom to go out and to talk about Jesus. So it's, I, I'm so encouraged to see that God is moving around the world. And as we come into our engaged se- season, yeah, I'm hearing wonderful stories of transformation here in New Zealand as well. How about our partners in Thailand? Well, they're going through a very difficult time Uh, Next one, thanks. Uh, With COVID rampant across the nation, and some of you have heard this story about Pastor Udom. And one day, uh, I rang him up just to see how he was getting on, and he said to me, oh, uh, Lorraine, I'm not doing very well. And he sent me this photo, and he said, "Um, I've just been taken to hospital in an ambulance, and I've got COVID. And the, and the doctors, in fact, the doctors say that my, they've taken an X-ray and my lungs are full of infection. And, and they weren't very nice to him, these doctors. They said, well, you know, sir, because of your age, your advanced age and your state of health, we don't give you any hope, so we're not going to do any treatment for you. They just put him in a room. And basically, the idea is left to die. And he began to just cry out to the Lord, and he said, Lord, you know, I don't mind if I go to be with you today, go to heaven, that would be okay. But what about my family? How are they going to manage? And what about the church, Lord? What about the church? It's nowhere near how I want it to be. And, and there's leaders there, but I haven't been able to train them because we haven't been able to meet together because the government closed the churches down because of uh, the, the COVID situation. And he says, I, and, and I, want, I need more time, Lord, to train my leaders. He was just crying out. And you know what happened. Just an amazing encounter with Jesus where Jesus came right into his hospital room. Oh, I'm just waiting for Jesus to come into my room. I think that would be just great. Not that I want to get COVID so that it would happen, but I do. I'd love to have an encounter with Jesus like that. And Jesus talked to him. And it wasn't just a few words. In fact, Jesus had a long and detailed conversation with him. He said, don't worry about your family. I'll take care of them. And don't worry about the church. Actually, it's my church. It's not your church. Anyway, it's my church. And he said, I'm going to show you this is how I want you to train your leaders. And you know what Pastor Udom thought? He thought, oh, I'm going to be training leaders. That means I'm not going to die today. (laughs) And Jesus said, no, no, you're actually not going to die today because I'm going to heal you. And he did. And he, Jesus just touched him and healed him, and uh, and then he sent me this photo. This is just quite uh, not too not too long after uh, he had been healed. And you know, I just I was just talking to him a few days ago, and I said, "So, so, Pastor Udom, how are you? How's your health?" He says, 
Lorraine, I want to tell you, I am in the best health that I have been for years, he said. That awful, annoying little cough, um, that's completely gone. They did x-rays again and they found, and blood tests and they found no evidence of, at all of COVID in his body. So I think that is just uh, very, very encouraging that they're continuing to meet, he told me. Uh, the government says they can have 25 people in their church meetings, which is probably okay for most churches in Thailand are quite small, uh, but he would like to have more people than that. So I just said church is open and I think about 60 people turned up. <laughs> But actually, uh, they're really good on the masks, because I've seen photos of them sitting there. They socially distanced, and they just had a really great time coming back. There's, there's people being saved, a lot of people being saved there. And so I, I'm encouraged. How about you? I'm just encouraged that God's light is on green. We might feel that the world's out of control, and it's really, really confusing. But actually, our God has a purpose and a plan to redeem and to transform every nation and every people group. So God, why are we on mission? Because God is on mission. And the amazing thing that is that he calls us to partner with him in his global mission. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. That he doesn't do it all by himself, but we have the privilege and the opportunity to partner with him. So... I'd, I'd actually like to share a little bit of testimony of how, what does that really look like? You know, when we say to be engaged with God and his mission, what does that look like? So I'd just like to tell a little bit of my story, if that's all right. And what actually happened when God spoke to me about his heart for Thailand and 70 million Thai Buddhists living there. And when I went to Thailand, 0.1% Christian and very few of these uh, millions of Thai Buddhists had even heard one time in their life that Jesus died on the cross to set them free from sin and to give them new life. And that was on, and, and, and those people are on his heart, those Buddhists were on his heart. And he sent me to Thailand and I, I wanted to reach them. But do you know what? When I got there and I looked around, uh, temples everywhere, Buddha images everywhere, and I, I didn't know what to do. Right. I didn't have any idea of how to reach these people. I don't know how you would feel. But I said, Lord, I don't have any special skills. I don't have really a lot of talents. I'm just Lorraine. I, I don't know how to do this. And at that time, God gave me this word, which really became a foundational word for me and, and kind of was like a foundation for the work in Thailand. It's in John chapter 15. So um, I think it's on the screen and we can read it. And this is just such a, a, a very, very helpful word for me. And Jesus said, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Right. Wow. Is that releasing or what? Yeah, What's the command there? Is the command bear much fruit? Bear much fruit, Lorraine. 
There's millions of Thai Buddhists here. Go out, win them to Jesus. Well, that is a very heavy burden. But that wasn't the command. It's not the command, is it? What's the command? Remain in me. And what's the consequence of that? Then, when we do that, we bear fruit. And I think this is, there's, there's a real uh, connection to our Engage series. If you, if you just uh, click the next one, thank you. Yes, that's it, good. So we read, remain in me. And then there's a little, word, a, a little line underneath it, engage with God. Is that sort of the same thing, do you think? I think it kind of is. I really hope that this, is, this word will take pressure off you too. If, if you're feeling that we're, we talk a lot about mission and going out on mission, but how do we actually do it? This is how we do it. We stay engaged and connected with God. It, bear much fruit. Well, that's the mission part. I absolutely love that. I found it just t- took so much pressure off me. How, do we, how does it actually work? I think that um, Pastor Paul Bennett, who's our founding pastor, uh, he gave a, a really good illustration of that, didn't he, last week? And he had the uh, three people. Do you remember that? So the father, so talking about remaining together, uh, engage with. There's a little word there engage with, and sometimes the small words are words that are really important. So we talk about engage, and there's a word that comes with it, isn't there? There's a word that comes after that, which is that word with. So as you cast your mind back to last week and the illustration we had, and we had the Father, didn't we? And we had the Son, and we had the Holy Spirit. And what were they doing? What were they doing throughout eternity, from eternity? Do you, do you remember the illustration last week? What were they doing? They were kind of having fellowship together. Is that right? They weren't creating the world yet. They weren't actually doing anything yet up on the stage there. They were just together with each other. What did that really look like for the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? to be together. I think John and his apostle, he gives us a really good uh, picture of what that was like. And John, in John's gospel, he just starts off his gospel and he's talking about Jesus, isn't he? And he says, in the beginning was the word. The word is Jesus. And the word, Jesus, was with God and the word was God. That's verse one. And then in verse 2, he says, he, Jesus, was with God in the beginning. Why, why is that repeated? You know, when, you, if you, when you're reading the Bible and something is repeated, normally it's because it's really important and the writer wants you to get it. So it's like he's saying, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. No, no, you haven't quite got it yet. He was with God in the beginning. And that word with is a Greek word, pros. I hope it's all right if we just talk a little bit about a Greek word this morning. The word with. And the word pros, it means 
not just to be in the same room as we are together this morning. We're kind of with each other, right? But it means to be focused on, to really be focused on, to be fixated on. In fact, it means to be fully engaged with. As I said, there's many ways of being together. I'm actually feeling a little bit lonely up here this morning, so could I have a friend maybe come up and... Would you stand with me this morning? Thank you. Oh, that's good. I got a friend with me. Is she with me? She, is she with me? Well, she is really, isn't she? She's with me. Is she pros me? Not at all. No, I think I've got a message coming in too. I'm not pros here either. Yeah. Thank you very much, Rebecca. That was great. That was great. Thank you. Yeah, excellent, excellent illustration. What is the problem? What was the problem there? What's the word? Not engaged? Why? Ah, distracted, distracted. And I think often when we're with God, we, we, we're distracted by this and distracted. And what I've learned about distraction is to have a sort of a bit of a jolly attitude towards my distractions. So I'm having a prayer time and the phone goes or a beep, beep, a message goes or something or a thought pops into my mind. And I just, there you go again, just put it on one side to try and spend some focused time with God. So we see in these verses, don't we? We see God the Father and God the Son and there they are with pros focused on each other. In fact, I was looking for a picture to try and describe this a little bit better because we had the negative. What about the positive? I found a, I found a photo. <laughs> what about that? <laughs> now that is pros. <laughs> that really is. <laughs> that is focus. What do you think he's focused on? I don't know. Maybe his owner and maybe the owner's got a little bit of food, right? Yeah, so I, th- I think that's a, that's a very good picture of pros. And we think about how the Father and how the Son were together. And I, just, I was just thinking about this. You know, they were together from all eternity. Do you think there was some communication going on? Do you think there was? you think that they talked to each other? For all eternity, I think they had to. I think it would have been very strange if they didn't. Have you ever been with somebody for maybe half an hour and they don't feel like talking? <laughs> or you're getting the silent treatment? It's what you call an awkward silence, isn't it? I don't think that there were many awkward silences there in heaven. And I just wonder how many times. Because God is love, isn't he? He's talking out of his essential being. How many times did Jesus hear... You are my beloved son. I'm so pleased with you. I love you, son. You are my beloved son. And Jesus, and Jesus heard and there was a flow of love. And what did, what did Pastor Paul say happens today with us as the Father and the Son are in heaven, the Holy Spirit takes that love and pours it into our hearts. 
That's, that's the role of the Holy Spirit. That's what the, that's, there's a verse where, where Paul said that the love of God is poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And that's what happens as we pross him, we hear a word. And it's, it's just such a, a releasing and an empowering word. You know, somebody said that Jesus, uh, the first 30 years that he was on earth, we don't see recorded in the Bible that he did or said a whole lot of things that were of significance. They were probably for significance for his family and the people there, but not of significance for us to lay hold of until he was 30. And what happened when he was 30? He was baptized. Do you remember that story? And what came, the dove came down, the Holy Spirit came down, and he heard a voice from heaven that said, you are my beloved son. I'm pleased with you. And I think for Jesus, he thought, I've heard this before. And what do we read that happens right after that? He goes out having, we don't hear anything for the first 30 years. And then he goes out, he goes on mission. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to bring freedom to the oppressed, to preach the gospel. And I think many of us too, we, we know that there's a blind and there's a needy world out there. But maybe we, we don't feel adequate to meet the needs as I didn't when I went to Thailand. And that's what happens when we do that, have that pros time with God is that we hear that word and it empowers us because we know it doesn't matter how much we stuff up or mess up in our presentation or whatever we're doing as we go to our mission because God loves us and he loves those people out there and it's all right. He's actually pleased with us. And I found that was, that was just so wonderful. That's my story. And God, as I spent the pros time, and he began to say, um, well, you know, you can't do this by yourself. You need a team. And he brought along uh, the, the good news team. We started up the good news team, amazing people. Uh, and uh, we, we started going into the schools with a one-hour presentation. Can we have the next slide? Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. And I couldn't do it. And actually, it was better if I didn't really because their language was better than mine. They understood the culture. And God began to move in the hearts of those children. Yeah, next one. Thank you. And uh, as I said, we just went. Uh, and, and all we did was this one-hour presentation, uh, the story of Jesus' birth, his life, the miracles, and his death on the cross, and his resurrection. Uh, next slide. Thanks. And we just knew as we did that, how much we needed the Holy Spirit. You can see, can't you, looking at these faces, what is this message? I don't really understand this message. And we had to cry out, Holy Spirit, come and bring revelation into the hearts of these children because we can't do it. And you know, one, one, one time after I'd been praying, during the presentation, and a young boy came up to me and he said to me, you know when you were talking? I said, yes. He said, I didn't really understand very much at all. And I thought, oh, no. <laughs> I kind of thought that might be the case. But he said, when you were talking, your words burned in my heart like fire. 
burned in my heart like fire. And I thought, thank you, Holy Spirit. He said, I don't, didn't understand, but I want to know more. And one of my team led him to Jesus. And, you know, he's now working in a Bible school in Bangkok, training pastors and church planters. And God is so faithful when we pros, when we engage with him. He gives us much fruit. And so uh, we have the next slide. So uh, we, we, we had a, a, a little correspondence course and God was working. He promised he'd give us much fruit and he did give us much fruit. And, uh, the, and the children would write to us and we were getting something like uh, 50 or 100 children writing to us every week and saying, I've prayed that prayer, because it was a prayer in one of the correspondence, the last correspondence lesson on how you can pray, and this is the prayer you can pray. Um, and if you pray this prayer sincerely, then Jesus will come into your life and, trans and transform you and make you a into a child of God. And children are writing and saying, wow, I've done that, that's awesome. Now what do I do? Oh, uh, well, read the Bible. We sent them some, bi some Bibles, and this is how you pray. Wrote a few more lessons, and you really need to go to church, right? And have some fellowship with other Christians. And they started writing back to us and saying, but, but, but I'm the only Christian in my whole family. And there's no churches in my village at all. And I began to cry out again to God and say, God, please, my fruit, you promised me fruit that will remain, but my fruit is going to perish. It's very, feeling very perishable at the moment because there's no way these children can really grow unless they're part of a church. And, and uh, as I was praying that God would send people to start churches, and right near my house, there was a big news housing development, and they called it Tong, and it means Golden City. And at that time, there was 200, between 200 and 300,000 people had moved in, um, but they said there were going to be 600,000. But about these 300,000 people, was at that time, I think it was a population of Christchurch yeah. at that time, and not a single church. And I was saying, God, please send somebody to start a church. Well, you, you got the picture, right? <laughs> God says, yes, I am sending somebody. I'm sending you. Oh, what a shock. Because as when I went to, and started the children's ministry, not only did I have no skills, not only did I have no talents, but now I had no experience either. And so I just had no idea once again. And thankfully, we had a visitor or two visitors actually, and you might know them. They've been long-term mission partners uh, with Life Church for many, many years. Started churches around the world. Now living in Osaka, Japan. Graham and Lucy Fawcett, and they told me this story, and it helped me so much. And I just wonder if I could finish my message this morning by telling you the story. Is that all right? Yeah. So uh, we're going to uh, listen to the story or look at the pictures of the three little missional pigs. Next slide, thank you. The three little mission, missional pigs. And here we have, uh, we have Peter, we have Percy, and we have Paul. And you know, they had such a heart, they had such a heart for God. And they wanted to, re they really wanted their lives to make a difference. And so the first one, next slide, thank you. This is Percy. And Percy, well, he wanted to lead people to Jesus. And so he read 50 books on evangelism. 
And at the end of this 50 books, he made a big diagram, and this is how somebody can come to know Jesus. And he went out and he used his diagram. You know what? A few people did uh, believe as well. And he had a, a few followers, and he had a few people in his group. But the problem was that persecution came along. Thank you. Next one. And then the big bad wolf, he came and he huffed. And what else did he do? He puffed and he blew the house down. Now, please understand me this morning. I'm not saying that books are wrong. And we should, I love to read and I love to study, but it's not enough if we're just depending on somebody else's words and not uh, upon God. And so then the next little, uh, the next little pig, his name was uh, Peter. His name was Peter. And Peter, he decided that, you know, he loved music. He was going to be an influencer. There's going to be an influencer for God. He's going to be an influencer on social media. And he was going to have a band. And he's going to put out lots of songs. And wow, he got some followers. And he thought, oh, I'm pretty good at this. But along came the big bad wolf. Temptation came along. And yes, the big bad wolf, he huffed and he puffed. And he blew the house down because that... Was no, he had no time to pross with God, did he? Well, then Paul, he decided, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to just depend on books or, or my own uh, talents. And next one, thanks. And this is what Paul did. He said, instead of just rushing out to mission, on mission, I'm going to spend some time. I'm going to engage and I'm going to listen to God. And then when I hear God tell me what the next thing to do is, then I'm just going to go and do that. And God said, yes, that's right, Paul. You don't have to save the whole world. You don't have to carry that big burden. You just listen to my words and go out and share them with a hurting and a needy world. And that's what Paul did. And you know when the enemy came along, the big bad wolf, next one, thank you, got... (laughs) A really big shock. But that's the story of my life too. Because for me, the, the issue wasn't so much persecution or temptation or all those things, but it was this feeling of inadequacy. It's this feeling of, I am not enough. And the needs are out there and the needs are huge. But I can't do it. But how amazing. We can just remain in him, listen to a word, and, and build our life and our ministry on that transforming love of yeah. God. And he comes, and he does work, and he does give us fruit. And so we started Mung Tong. It's my last slide, thank you. Uh, we started Mung Tong 20 years ago on a foundation of love and acceptance, just for everybody who came in the door. And they're still actually doing that. I love this, this uh, was, photo was just taken a few months ago, t- more than 20 years after we started the church, and in the midst of COVID and uh, the financial situation's terrible, but here they are uh, having a Thanksgiving service. I think Thanksgiving is such a great way to pross with God. So God has kept his promise and he's given us much fruit. And actually, I want to thank you too 
for partnering with us in Thailand. We do mission together with God, as I've been talking about, but also with each other. And the fruit belongs to all of us. So can I just ask the worship team, music team, just to come up and, and to join me? And I just think it would be lovely. We can just relax this morning, can't we? And just take some time to just pros and connect with God. Just spend some time with him. Maybe without any agenda at all. Maybe not thinking of our issues or what we have to do, but just to engage with God and to ask him for just a fresh revelation of his love. I think many of us, we need to hear that we are his beloved and it sets us free and it empowers us to go out onto mission. So we're going to uh, have some uh, sing a song uh, pretty soon. But I've, before we do that, if you really want to be a blessing in your life to impact and to change other people, whether it's in your own family, your own community, and you haven't got any clue how to do that, but you're ready to say to God this morning, Lord, I just want to engage with you. I just want to focus on you and listen to you. Then you can come out this morning and just spend a little bit of time with God. Before we do that, can I pray for you? I'd just love to, to pray this morning. Oh, Father God, I just thank you that you are our wonderful and loving Heavenly Father, thank you for the sense of your presence with us. And I, I just pray, Lord, for every one of us in this room this morning that the resting place of your love will become the source and the foundation for our lives and the mission that you have given to each one of us. Lord, I just pray this morning as we come for this time to just wait upon you, that you would give to us, Lord, fresh revelations of your love for us. Lord, how wide it is, how deep it is, how lasting and enduring it is. And Lord, your love is so extravagant. And just pour it out upon us this morning, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you.